0: Well, thank you to Adani and Noel, continue to be so grateful for them, and I'm grateful that each one of you are here tonight. Um, Wanted to just give you a, a brief update on Ohio, our trip to Ohio in just a moment but first I'd like uh Davey to come I thank um God for for Davey and thank Davey for facilitating last week um I got a text from Davey wasn't the kind of news I wanted to hear maybe a number of you already know but will you come and
1: I just come with a heavy heart. There was a guy that came about three years ago to this community and looking for a fresh start. Um, I don't know if y'all know Jay, but Jay was in Arizona. He was a seminary student with me and he brought a guy and convinced him to come to Wilmore, Kentucky who was just crying out for salvation, and his name was Brendan Lineker, and he was a part of our congregation. He came in and out, joined prayer meetings with us, um, came over to my house several times for fires, and just had a deep love for prayer. He was a hardworking guy, but I got word um, Friday that he passed away. Brendan had battled, as many of y'all know, with a lot of people here, especially with Travis's best friend Lou, battled drug addiction. And I saw Brendan in his highs, and then I'd see Brendan in his lows. But he just he was he was fighting. You know, he was fighting with everything he had. He was as vulnerable as he can be. he put himself in the community. He was involved in a lot of different ministries, and he was pouring out, you know, to guys who had been addicted. And it's just Oh, it's just hard to know that there's such a spiritual battle that goes around us, and we're not always aware of that battle that's that's happening, and that's really what it is. And you know, when I got it, just when I got the news yesterday, it just kind of hit me pretty hard, and and I woke up into the night just so mad, you know, not mad at God, but just just mad at the destruction of murder you know, the spirit of death that just continues to, to reign through this land. And I texted Travis and I just said it just makes me want to cry out from the depths of my soul, just Maranatha, like Jesus, come. And I ran into Brendan um, on Tuesday in the gym and and I knew he wasn't in a good spot. And I wish the Lord would have anointed me in a certain way and we just would have you know, just completely delivered Brendan in a powerful way. But I can tell you that Brendan's life was a seed that was buried and it will produce life. I don't know how, I don't know what shape, I don't know what form, but I just know that he was he was continually suiting up with the armor of God and going out on behalf, and therefore there was there was constant attack, you know, within him. I've never met a guy that just, every time we talked, it was just, theology, doctrine, theology, doctrine. I mean, this, all we talked was Scripture. But I do know this. The vengeance is not mine. It's not ours. The vengeance is the Lord's. And when he steps out of heaven and he makes himself known, that he will deliver those who've just battled, and including us, we've battled. Um... I know him and Joey were close friends and I know y'all know who Joey is and I talked to Travis before the service and he just I know he's probably the closest person that, that Joey has lost that he's really walked through and with but um, I say that to say be in prayer for his family be in prayer for the ministries that have helped him and he was pouring back into I know Shala was a huge part of what the Lord was doing with him and Shala has a heart Um. For those, but I say just pray for his family. Um, And Travis was talking about these communion of saints. You know, I was I woke up in the middle of the night and just just like sat up in bed, just couldn't sleep. You know, just kept thinking about the times I had with Brendan. And finally, I just I've asked the Lord. I was like, where is he? And I just saw Brendan. You know, y'all know Brendan. He was a big dude. Like he was stout. I mean, he was like a bowling ball. He was like Lou. You know, he was just a stout guy. Like, you wouldn't want to mess with, if, with him if he was in a, in a bad mood. But I just saw him as like this little boy, just like Jesus' mighty arms. Just he was resting like a little baby. Just like Leif is over there, just resting in his arms, in his, in his head. And I even heard the Lord was like, his mind is now at Peace. just keeping your thoughts, keeping your prayers. This is something that's hit this ministry pretty hard. But I also believe this is something that this ministry is going to step out and just really crush the head of, of the spirit of death that just reigns through all the addictions that so easily corrupt our soul, our mind, our bodies. So, Thank you, Davey.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if any of you have Joey's contact information or um you know if you cross paths with him i just encourage you to reach out to him um i just know from personal experience with this kind of thing when you lose somebody in that manner that's that close to you um just the thought um that somebody's thinking about you just that thought is enough to help um so let's keep joey in mind and um you know, and again, if you had something on your heart, more to bring him some goodies or a meal or something, anything, whatever is on your heart, just any kind of care you can show. Um, and I, I do praise God uh, for the opportunity I had to uh, connect with Brendan as well. He was a child of God. He is a child of God. God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Um, and I am confident. Uh, that Brendan is in the arms of Jesus right now, and he blessed me. The first night I met him, It was we were having some kind of potluck at our house, and we talked in my kitchen for about an hour, and yeah, he's like, like we were ping-ponging about the scriptures, you know? Um, he knew the word of God, and he had a real genuine heart for God, and he knew the struggles, too. We talked about similar struggles um, of our past, so uh there's a pain in my heart about Brendan personally. There's a pain in my heart about what that situation represents. Um, and I have already prayed. Joseph Colberts and I met uh shortly after I got the text from Davey. And he and I prayed for Brendan and Brendan's family. And I'd prayed this in my heart, but also prayed with Joseph. The scriptures say that um if the thief is caught, he must restore sevenfold what was stolen. And I believe that we, as the body of Christ, it's not hard for us in this situation to catch the thief. As Jesus described Satan, he's a murderer. In another place he said, he seeks, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Um, God's sovereignty allowed. Um, this taking of Brendan, God's sovereignty allowed the taking of Stephen, the martyr. I don't think God was happy when Stephen was stoned to death. I think Satan was working through um, that crowd. I think Satan was working through Brendan's circumstances. But God used um, Stephen's death, and God will use Brendan's death, and I say, as I said in my prayer, I say it before you guys, and I ask you to consider it with me uh, in the spirit of God and as it matches up to the word of God that you read that there would be a sevenfold restoration. There would be a return from the the thief. Um, He would have to repay sevenfold, and I don't think that sevenfold is limited. Like, okay, the enemy took out Brendan, we want seven people more that are preserved. That's minimum. Biblically, seven represents fullness, okay? Completion. And I'm like, okay, God, let's have a complete, whatever you want, the fullness of what you want, let's have that restoration. All across America, in this specific issue, I'm asking very personally for Jessamine County and, uh, these high school students that I'm seeing uh, each week, Lord, I ask for a, a rescuing from this stuff. Uh, I ask for a recovery. Um, so I pray that you would join me in that. Care, um, do you want to come up and um, report with me from Ohio and then also give announcements? What, do, would you like to come too? Come on. Okay. Well, if you think of anything, Zion, would you like to share about your experience in Ohio? Okay.
2: Um, there were three kids there. Well, there are four kids, but one of them was a baby, and I taught the two older two math, science, and reading.
0: So Zion was having her own little school for the five-year-old, the four-year-old, and the three-year-old, 5 four, two? Okay, she didn't teach it. The, the two-year-old wasn't quite ready for Zion's instruction. But the five-year-old and three-year-old got math, reading, and science, yes a little bit of writing their name. So God really uses academic instruction. Um, it's interesting, the some of the first folks who were here in, in this land that we now call the United States, um, some of those first ones who settled here from England, they passed one of the first acts in education was called the Old Deluder act and they referred to Satan as the deluder. And so they made this act and I can't remember the details, but I'm giving you the essence. They passed this act to make school and learning to read something that's available to anyone, particularly the children, because they knew if Satan could delude the minds of children and keep them from Learning how to read, you know uh, fundamentally, but also learning how to use their mind That they would be easier to fall into delusion to be deluded by Satan so Zion was working against the deluder Teaching those kids some stuff and we were doing uh, She was down in the basement instructing them and we were upstairs uh, with five couples Basically, the lead pastor, associate pastor, um, and three couples who work with the youth. They're youth leaders. Um, And we were... Can you stop pulling on that, please? Thanks. Yeah, don't push it either because it messes with that. You were trying to be helpful, though. We were there with five couples. They're just all day with them. Um, oh, the worship pastor, too. It's a worship pastor, associate pastor, lead pastor, and then uh, the youth sponsors. And we just spent the time together. They took time. They got child care. Each one of them has a number of children. And they just stayed with us uh, there at the the folks' house who who we stayed at, and they just spent time with us. They started sharing with us uh it was like four different couples who's had prophetic dreams. And these are folks up until their connection with us, that was something they didn't know about. um, And were not exposed to it. And now not only are they being exposed to that, but they're hungering and seeking God to communicate with them in whatever way he would. Um, So we just talked with them and encouraged them. Gloria shared and they were so touched by Gloria they'd been ministered to by John Edward and they said we knew we would love her and they're like tears when Gloria just shared the little bit that she did John Edward uh, as always had great encouragement for them and I felt led to ask if they had any dreams and then they all popped off and they I had this dream last night I had this dream last night the night before this like all these different people so it was just uh, a really encouraging thing what reports do you have?
3: Um it was really special how they all most of them have four kids. I think one couple just had two, but they all have a lot of kids and they're all young, and they all just sent them away for the entire day <laughs> with the exception of the people's house that we were at, they sent them downstairs with Zion, <laughs> and she was a very good babysitter um but I mean as parents, we all know how hard it is to get some time like that, and that they would have willingly given up an entire day worth of their time is a really big deal. You know, they could have gone on a long, 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 long date. Like they could have, I don't know, gotten laundry done. They could have done so many things. And instead they came out and spent the day. So that, that really spoke a lot to me. I think just as a parent that they did that. Um, and they set aside that time and they, we didn't, you know, we didn't come, saying, oh, this is what we're going to do with you, you know, prepare yourselves for amazing things. So they just believed God that great things were going to happen just because we were all getting together and they were setting aside time. And to me, that's really inspiring just for us, you know, on our Saturday nights together, for us, when we go out with, you know, small groups or home churches, or we go out for coffee with someone, the expectation that 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 intentionality of setting apart time like that. Because when you're with other believers, it can be so fruitful. And I really think that that one long day that we spent together was life-changing for us and for them. And it was one day. So it just makes me think, like, how much more can we do or can we make of the time that we have together? And I'm just really humbled, too, because... You know, we've never well, I guess Traventon Edward, their retreat with them was really spectacular. But in general, we you know, we just kind of bring ourselves and they brought themselves too, but they have received us and have received God in us, and they have run with him. Um, and it's amazing to see their entire church has been transformed. Their entire leadership has changed in the course of time. We've known them. We first we met them before the guy who is a pastor was even the youth pastor and then we connected with him when he was the youth pastor and then he ended up becoming the lead pastor and then I mean it's just like the leadership there all eventually came down and all of this new leadership eventually came up and it was these people that we'd sowed into for the past decade So it's just it's so so special it's so so special so we were really able to give and we were really able to receive um and sorry, but we did get some sickness too. <laughs> Hopefully, nobody passes that along.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything Kara said, and it's just so humbling. You know this this guy who's um, the lead pastor now, and uh, you know he's he's intelligent, he's a good looking dude. He's got four kids. He's real heart for God, and john edward was telling me because john edward and gloria stayed with um, dan and his wife Tamara, which is they stayed in the same uh, basement area as Davey and i stayed in 2020 but dan said to to john edward and then john edward was relaying this on the way home he said he felt like dan said that the lead pastor felt like we were the spiritual parents for their church like, I mean, what did we do to like, like, earn that? And and that's the point. It's like we didn't set out there trying to be uh, a spiritual parent of a church body uh, in Northwest Ohio. That's it has a that body of of Christ has had a significant imprint in that. Uh, area for a long time. Um, and that the lead pastor it's not just like you know somebody who showed up there for a couple weeks. This guy's been there for years and now he's the lead pastor. He's the shepherd who God's put over that congregation. He says yeah um, the leadership of dwelling they're like the spiritual parents here. I think that's that's God and it's very humbling. So I want you guys to be encouraged. What we're doing here Um, it matters. It matters for people hundreds of miles away um, in Wauseon, Ohio. And one final thing I'll share to connect, and I told this to Davey, during the summer, John Edward and I just had a God explosion with the youth. And um, our focus was not to come and do the youth ministry this weekend. We really focused on the leadership, but we did get to see some of the kids on Sunday morning. And one of the kids came, and it's not his normal Church body because his dad is a pastor. He's a senior in high school. His name's Sean. Now he had uh, a God encounter like so many others did this summer. And though his dad had been a pastor his whole life, he's 17 years old. He had never received Jesus in his heart. It just had never been something he had submitted to. He'd never been awakened. Well, he got awakened this summer, and he was so adamant. He's like, "I'm getting baptized now. <laughs> like, not even wait until he gets home with his parents. He's like." got to do this now. So we baptized him in a Creek there in, uh, in Tennessee where the retreat was. And, uh, his, his family was so encouraged. His dad couldn't get there, but his mom and his sisters drove because they heard he's getting baptized. They drove just to be there for the baptism, uh, hours away anyway. So he comes this morning and he was talking to John Edward about how much John Edwards ministry had meant to him and how, uh, John Edward had written him a note and he said he reads that all the time and it just gives him encouragement and it means so much to him. And he was talking to me and he was like, he's like, uh, he's like, I, I, I've i told my parents so much about you guys. Would there be any way uh, my parents could could meet you today and maybe take you and your family and John Edward out to eat? And um, I was like, man, I'd love to, but my daughter's, like Zion had already started throwing up at this point. Yeah. She began and, in the church building, on the and yeah, and then it continued on the road. But I was like, yeah, I got a sick daughter, and we're about to leave straight from here. He's like, well, that's okay. I just, you know, I, they really wanted to meet you. I thought that was so kind. And he's like, he's like, and you know, I've told them so much about you guys since last summer. He's like, and they know the <laughs> and my sister's boyfriend. You know, when you guys came up last time, my sister's boyfriend got tongues, and I was like, what? And I was like, trying. I was like, wait, wait. Tell me that again. What? I don't understand what you're saying. He's like, yeah, when you guys came up the last time, and I think he was thinking it was me and John Edward, but it's actually me and Davey in 2020. And when Davey and I went up there, we ministered to the youth, and it was a tough night. It was just a spiritual battle. It was tough for me. Um, but we knew on the way home, there's this one guy, I mean, more than one prayer session, but we're like, this one dude who was like a junior in high school is like, he got it. You know, he, he, God hit him and he let Davey and me see it. Evidently, Davy had seen the Spirit of God on this kid before we prayed for him, and then when he came up, Dave was like, "Yep, I knew he was getting it." And so Davy and I prayed for him. And do you even remember him getting tongues? I, 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 I didn't. Maybe, maybe I do. Anyway, it, yes, he just visited that. He wasn't. He had never been to the youth group before, but he came that night. Um, and we got to pray over him well this is like going on three years two and a half years ago uh, later Sean who we baptized this summer it's his sister who's dating this guy and JV remember his name David's like Joshua I was like yep it was Joshua so three almost three going on three years later this kid is still going with the Lord he's like 20 years old and uh, he talks about getting tongues from the Kentucky boys <laughs> And it's not about like the gift of tongues, but we praise God for any gifts that he gives. But it's that that moment impacted him. That he received something that is still a part of his life. It was, it was that important for him. And he just showed up that night. And then years later, Sean wants to take us out because he wants his parents to meet the Kentucky guys who, who helped him get baptized and help, helped her, his sister, uh, boyfriend, get tongues so i thought that was an awesome connection and funny and there's lots of other things we could say too but uh we thank you for um just being a support and encouragement for us to go do this kind of thing And we look forward to whatever opportunities god gives and i anticipate that crew will be back here soon uh to receive from you guys and to give to us announcements
3: All right. Announcements. So home churches, some have started and one is starting Monday. I was about to say tomorrow, but today is Saturday. Right? This Monday? Okay. Naomi's looking at you. Are you sure? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Come on over. (laughs) So the Tuesday night one at Tim and Debbie's has already started. Thursday night at my house has already started just for the ladies. Tuesdays at six thirty, Thursdays at seven. It is on Facebook and Instagram if you do such things.
4: Thanks. so yeah. So we're gonna have a group uh, on Monday nights, and we'll start at seven, and we're thinking like seven to nine, but we'll just kind of see. Um, the idea is to meet every other week at the Bard's house here in Wilmore, and then the other week, other weeks, we'll meet either at our house or on Zoom, but we'll kind of figure that out during our first couple meetings. Uh, as a group Um, but Monday is at the Bards and then following week we're going to do two weeks at the Bards just to make it easy Um, and so I'll I'll send out a text maybe um, with their address and other information it'd probably be helpful to get an idea of how many people are coming just so we can be ready Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to read through a book, uh, one of the shorter letters of, in the New Testament. Every every week. So we this week we're going to do Galatians and just read through the whole whole of Galatians in one sitting, and then have some time to talk about it and pray together. Um, so I wanted to give the heads up that it's Galatians in case you want to read it ahead of time. So
3: um, also. You may remember this from last year. We already set the dates, but I just wanted a reminder because it's January and people are planning their spring calendars. So Dwelling Retreat, April 14th to 16th. <laughs> it's at the same place we did it last year. We liked it so much we reserved it immediately after we left. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Do you guys remember what it was called, that camp place? It No, we did love Donkey Town too. <laughs> it's not Donkey Town though. It wasn't big enough to hold us. Um, What was it? Lions. Camp Lions. Because remember we said we went from donkeys to lions? Yeah. Okay. So Camp Lions. (laughs) And so that's already reserved. The falls are already on board to come. So it's going to be really, really good. And I have one other announcement that I was hoping somebody else might make for me. Come on up, you two. <laughs> what could you possibly have to say to us? <laughs> it's a complete
2: surprise. You talk. You talk. You talk. Um, Connor asked me a question this morning, and I said yes. <laughs> do it, do it. We're going to get married in July. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh he said do you want to go for a walk and I said yes <laughs> no he asked me to marry him
0: <laughs> now don't, don't leave just yet now, I'm probably going to I said a little bit of this to them earlier today when uh, we had a brief celebration um, with sushi right after Connor popped the big question and Megan said yes. Um, these two are both very special to me, and they're special uh, to this community. Uh, it was about ten and a half years ago when I first met Megan um, at prayer meetings that um, me, Michael, and some other guys have been doing. And Chris and Sue were part of those prayer meetings, but it was in 2012 Megan came as a as a freshman. And I just remember her, her being on the couch and just singing to the Lord. I was like, this freshman uh, loves God. And, uh, and then we've gotten to know Megan so well over the years, just so grateful. She babysits Zion um, and, and so many other things. And then Connor I met uh, a couple years later in 2015. Um, and Connor was a part of the first um, music crew from Asbury who wrote songs up in our loft. And right after we bought our house in 2015, and I'll never forget the lick uh, when you you Came up with that lick for uh, <laughs> I the build on it. Um, you know the song. The, yeah. the song. Uh, <laughs> uh, Why do I always forget the name of it? You, wrong, no, or? no, 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 no. You you made this up. You, the song that you wrote there. The, the how, Come on. Mm-mm. Was it on the first album? Yes. It, it's similar, yeah. yes come on, we're, we're not going away from this moment until we get the song. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, there it, it is. is. Yes, yes. And I remember hearing Connor, like, playing that thing up, and I was like, man, that's anointed. <laughs> and, you know, Connor and I had a, a first one-on-one meeting back in 2015, and then Connor lived with us in 2017, um, and and that's when he started his job, right? You went from that he's still doing today, and so... I like to say we sort of launched Connor into his uh job in in lexington um and Connor was really our first consistent worship leader when we started dwelling um meetings in two thousand and seventeen when we started our uh, like our church on Sunday mornings. Um, and Connor would, like, pioneer new worship songs for us. He was always on the cutting edge of the worship music. He's like, ah, I don't know if you guys have heard this one. And, um, you know, he'd start playing it. It's like Corey Asbury's new song. And all of a sudden, the, the, the international body of Christ would catch up after Connor had started started it with dwelling in our living room. Um, and so their heart for worship is such a blessing to us, their musical um, singing abilities, and uh, and just their unique Personhood we so love these two and we're so happy for them We pray God's blessing over you guys and we welcome you here in this community time We bless you to wherever God would send you just our hearts are wide open to you and uh, Congratulations, all right All right, I'm gonna call the kids up and then after that um. Okay, it is. Okay. Cool. So kids, come on up. And then and then Rachel will come and she's going to share something that's on her heart. Phineas, I didn't know you had a cast. Whoa. Was red. How did that happen? You fell off the back of the couch at Mimi's house? It was a different couch than Sam's. Listen, you guys in couches, you need to be careful, okay? Next time you tell your brother, hey, buddy, I got hurt on a couch, so be careful, okay? Now, you get to, listen, I know he didn't cover that perfectly. You need to protect Zadok. Say, Zadok. Don't jump off the couch. Big brother hurt his arm. Okay, that's what you need to tell him, Phineas. Okay. Ooh. So as a matter of fact, I'm gonna use you as an example, Phineas. It's your right arm, okay? I'll get you in just a second. Your right arm got hurt, right? Did it break? So was a broken bone? Two broken bones. Well, our right arm, in the Bible, the right arm is a sign for strength, for power, for control. In fact, there was a evil king named King Pharaoh who had an evil right arm. And he forced God's people into slavery. And he made them work hard with his arm. And he looked like a pirate. And if you could see that you are mirroring my expression right now, Phineas, it would make you laugh. (laughs) So Pharaoh, with his right arm, he was the king, and he ruled with a mean right arm. And he brought lots of pain and suffering. But God's right arm was stronger. And God's right arm came in there and said, No, Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh's arm turned into like a chicken wing. Exactly. Or a worm's arm. That's also a biblical example of weakness when God talks to people about being a worm. Exactly. Or snake. Is that what you said? Yeah. Just like His arm was nothing compared to God's. Here's the thing. Just like Pharaoh's arm was nothing compared to God's arm. My arm is nothing compared to God's arm. Zion's arm is nothing compared to God's arm. (laughs) He said, not even mine. Not even Samuel's strong arm is anything compared to the strong arm of God. And here's why that's good news. As sweet and beautiful and kind as my daughter is, her right arm, the way she would control her life, is not going to work out. Her strength is only going to cause her problems. So Phineas, it's actually A sign that your right arm is not as strong right now as you want it to be. God wants to show us that our right arm is not strong enough to control our lives. Even though you guys aren't as evil as King Pharaoh... I love the fighting faces of these guys they're like they don't get back down they're just like I'll oh, fight you evil guy that's the heroic spirit in you even though we aren't mean and evil like pharaoh like hurting other people all the time did you know apart from Jesus we're as bad as pharaoh apart from Jesus our right arms are as dangerous to us and other people as pharaohs so we need Jesus to take care of our right arm and we need his right arm to rule in our lives because we can't rule our lives the right way but his right arm can Zion did you have something you wanted to share
4: I wanted
2: to share the picture of this that I made It says, God arms me with strength and keeps my way secure.
0: God arms me with strength. I had no idea.
2: I had no What are you
0: doing? And <laughs> you and Dad are collaborating again with Holy Spirit Ministry. So fun for me. God arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. Psalm 18. Wow. I think it talks about the the right arm and something else in that psalm, too. That is awesome. So, guys, we don't have to arm ourselves with strength. We don't have to have strong arms ourselves. We don't have to try to bring our own security. That's what we try to do with our own strength, give ourselves security. But God keeps our way. He keeps our way secure. He arms us with strength. Thank you, sweetheart. God used you again. Well, guys, let's put it in here, and we're going to say God's strength. Or right, how about this? Let's say God's arm on three. And you know what we're going to do this time? You know what we're going to do for you? We're going to say it in a whisper. Okay, so you might not even have to cover your ears. And we're going to put do it with your, your right arm, okay? We're going to whisper God's strength. God's arm on three, one, two, three, God's arm, oh, yes, Phineas smiled the whole time and didn't have to cover his ears. All right, now we are looking forward to hearing from Phineas's mama and Sam's mama and Zadok's mama. Rachel had something in her heart that um she wanted to share with us for our instruction and encouragement
5: um yeah it's been a lot going on tonight (laughs) really sad things and really exciting things and stuff but yeah i just asked travis if i could share um kind of a testimony of something i've been going through mostly the last month that's been like a huge part of my life like it's it's um just been kind of like consuming mentally and stuff, it's been a pretty big thing um, for me. But yeah, so before I share kind of what that is, um, I just want to share something about Zadok's birth. Um, So all three of my boys were born in the water, and I picked them up out of the water, and I looked in their eyes, and I still remember like my first thought with each of them. So I picked Sam up, looked in his eyes, and I was like, oh wow, he's cute. (laughs) And then I picked Phineas up, looked in his eyes, and thought, Oh wow, he's cute too, but he looks different. <laughs> and uh and then uh and my I also just like had this overwhelming feeling of relief that the labor was over. <laughs> so anyway, um and then with Zadok, you guys probably know like he was born without the midwife, just me and Trenton, and I picked him up out of the water and I couldn't look in his eyes because he was covered with his membranes. <laughs> and um I, I had heard of that before, but I didn't really, I don't know. It, like, surprised me. Like, I was I was surprised, but it wasn't, like, I knew it was normal. Um, and so I was like, Trenton, we got to tear him out of his membranes. So I just, like, held him up against me and, like, tore him out. <laughs> and, uh, and I found out after the fact that that's actually, like, super rare. It's, like, one in 80,000 babies are born in their membranes. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul anti-climatically told me that half of Breda's babies were born in their membranes, (laughs) but it's pretty rare for human babies, and it's actually, like, seen as, like, really special all over the world, Um, and it's called, like, an in-call birth, but it's also called a mermaid birth, and then it's also called a veiled birth, and just, like, the term veiled birth really stood out to me, and I just started thinking of all these, like, spiritually significant things about, like, for one thing I waited almost four days after my water broke before he was born and just like the waiting and the blood and the water and the veiled birth and Jesus ripping the veil and all just all kinds of significant stuff um but lately as I was thinking of it I was just thinking about how God kind of has been like removing a veil from my eyes and so I was just thinking about his birth and yeah anyway it's kind of a neat story um but, so, uh, uh, like, around the beginning of December, I, uh, I was just kind of, like, had this interest and this energy to research autism more, because, um, you know, you guys know it's something that's been in our family, and um, I just had a lot of energy to, like, research it more, and I was, like, looking into a lot of stuff, and um, had a, a new friend who was on the spectrum, and just had a lot of energy to look into it and read more books and watched YouTube videos and various things. And I kind of got to a point where I was like, wow, autism is awesome. Like it's really cool. It's really like an amazing thing that God made some people's brains differently and it's a gift to all of us. And um, and then I was started hearing some people talking about how uh, there's a term called masking where you have different traits and but you cover them up when you're around people because they look strange or weird or you've been made fun of or various things, um, and how it's actually very harmful for people, um, and that, uh, it can be, um, kind of something that's done subconsciously, and anyway, um, and then I started hearing some pretty alarming statistics, like, you know, we were talking some about, um, like overdose and stuff, but one in, or, so, um, youth on the spectrum are 28 times more likely to have suicidal thoughts. And uh, people on the spectrum are uh, six times more likely to commit suicide. So like pretty alarming stuff. And so I was just listening to more of the stuff and listening to a girl talking about uh, the dangers of masking. And then I listened to another video about um, a girl talking about hidden autism in women. And partway through that video, the thought came in my mind, Am I autistic? And um, it was like kind of out of nowhere, but I kind of pursued it, watched more videos, read more things, on and on and on, and started remembering a lot of my life, a lot of my childhood, a lot of my social interactions, (laughs) a lot of things, and came to really think, yes, I think I am on the autism spectrum. And I called a counselor um, who has some experience, and I asked if I could meet with her, and um so I met with her twice and um she said, Yeah, like everything you're sharing, I can diagnose you as being on the autism spectrum. And uh for me this has been like kind of life-changing because my whole life I've uh had struggles with various things or different things and I've kind of just internalized most of it because it doesn't make sense and it's strange and um Anyway, just a lot of things. <laughs> um, and I won't, like, go into, like, specifically things, but... Um, and even, like, re- like the biggest thing is how it's affected my relationships. Like, even my relationship with Trenton, my relationship with my parents and my family growing up. Um, and so it's been, like, very revelatory. <laughs> and, um, and it was very... It makes me very happy to have this diagnosis because it makes... My life make more sense, and it's really neat how God brought me to the point of like autism is amazing before the question entered my mind. Am I autistic? Um, and yeah, so it's it's just really been a journey, and uh, it's really been just kind of life changing to process it. Um, and like one one thing I was telling Trenton is, you know, I've been kind of in charismatic circles for a while, and I've often just felt like this need like for some sort of deep inner healing because I have like these tensions in relationships that I don't even know where they're from or like these different issues or these different fears and I don't know where they're from and I must just need some sort of deep inner healing but it kind of like uh, there's been times where like um, I've kind of like I don't know how to explain it but one one thing that is really common for people on the spectrum who don't especially who don't know they're on the spectrum, is a constant feeling of being in trouble with other people, with God, um, being perceived as mean, or just like this constant feeling of sort of like somewhat being in trouble. And, um, but also feeling like you don't, you shouldn't be in trouble. And also times where you literally have been in trouble, but you didn't think you should have been in trouble because you weren't trying to do anything wrong. Um, And, uh, and so kind of, yeah, I've often just kind of felt like, man, I just... Maybe, like, at this conference or at this church, maybe somebody will say some word that will just, like, change my life and I'll get the inner healing I need. But what I actually needed was to know that my brain is literally wired differently from most people's and, uh, like, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and I'm just... A lot of this stuff that I need heal. Maybe I do need some inner healing from but, or that I've thought there's something terribly wrong somewhere maybe, but I don't think there should be, it's more just like, no, you're autistic. (laughs) Um, And so it's been kind of like a little bit faith shaking in a way, because it's kind of hard to explain all the ways that it's been faith shaking, but um, to kind of like realize that a lot of, like, a lot of things that have been helping me are actually from people who aren't even Christians. Or people who are Christians, but they're not, they're different. Like they're um, on, you know, parts of different groups or whatever. Um, And so that's been kind of like a little bit strange in a way and a little bit uncomfortable to like be like finding the help that I thought I needed at some deep inner healing thing to be finding that help from places that aren't, the from like totally different worldviews, from people with totally different worldviews. And I think there is like a huge need in the church for more understanding about all of these things. And so that people who are finding these things out so that the 28 times more likely youth who are thinking about suicide can have help from a Christian perspective and not, yeah. Um, Oh, and I wanted to just uh, read a verse. And I don't know if any of you've noticed that um, in our family there's a lot of like running back and forth. And uh, um, and this is a, a verse that I heard somebody share when I started looking into these things a couple years ago and somebody had asked him, oh, and something you may not know is that autism is now known to be primarily genetic um, and that usually if there's somebody with it, you can look back in their family and see it in some form. Um, and so he was saying, this guy on the spectrum was saying that You know, one reason that, you know, that he thinks there's more people. So probably the real reason there are more people on the spectrum now is because more people are getting married um, and having kids. Like in Silicon Valley, there was this big thing where people were like, there's a huge epidemic and it's because all these really smart people are getting married and having kids and they all are actually all autistic. So anyway, (laughs) Um, but anyway, this guy was saying that he believes that the increase Um, is partly a fulfillment of prophecy. Um, And so I'm gonna read this verse from Daniel 12, verse four. And it says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Um, And so I think that's just really special.
0: Thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate uh, Rachel's courage to reach out to me and her courage and humility to just share her heart with us. And I want to encourage you in the same spirit that she's come with courage, with humility, um, vulnerability. Uh, I want to encourage each of you to open your heart up to whatever God would be showing you and open your heart up to us. Paul wrote, uh, I believe, to the Corinthians. He said, um, "Corinthians or Galatians?" He said, "I think it was Corinthians." He said, "Oh, Corinthians, our heart is wide open to you. Open your heart to me." Um, and I don't think I think that's something God. He He doesn't force us to open our hearts to Him or to one another. Um, at the same time, we really still need His help. To do it but uh we do have a choice in the matter so i encourage you as uh, rachel has given us an example tonight of her opening her heart to god being courageous to have her faith or what she's thought her faith to have that faith shaken um and then to come and courageously share how her faith has been shaken um It's that honesty and humility and courage. Uh, I thank God for that, giving that to Rachel, and I thank Rachel for um, exemplifying that. And and I, I just pray that God would continue to work that grace into us. And I pray specifically that God would show the body of Christ more about autism. It's, you know, clearly, I haven't looked at the statistics and studied it like Rachel has, But I know enough as an educator for six years and just being alive and around and with Karis' counseling training um, and the books she's read, I know autism has become something that we have to deal with it as a modern society and not just in a corner. It's right there in front of us. So may God continue to show Rachel uh, and the body of Christ at large what do you have to say about this, God? What, uh, how can we interact with you in dealing with autism in general and with those who are on the spectrum? Uh, so I, I really appreciate the heart that um, Rachel showed and what she shared, but also the specific content. I think it's all uh, good for us to hear. I I know I had a dream probably more than a decade ago. And I'm not gonna go into the details of the dream right now, and I don't even remember all the details, but I knew this. God has something to say about autism. That that was clear in this dream. It was a unique dream, not like I've it's unlike any other dream I've had. But the, the conclusion of it, the main point was I, God, have something to say about autism. So uh, may God say whatever he wants to say. May we have ears to hear. And also connected to that, I pray that God continues to show each one of us who we are. That we would hear from him what he has to say about us. And we would see from his perspective who we are. There's a lot of inventories we can take. There are secular ways that can even provide some help and assistance at living a better life when you begin to under, understand yourself more. Like it was Socrates who said, know thyself. It's going to be helpful if you get to know your personality, your tendencies, that's valuable. But it's just a a shallow, hollow, incomplete knowledge without looking and seeing that reflection of yourself in the eye, the, the apple, the little pupil, the big pupil of Jesus Christ. I believe he has a lot to show Rachel and he has a lot to show you about who you are. And um, so I want to encourage us to seek that. We're seeking God. We're seeking Him because of who He is. But He needs us. He desires us. And He even needs us to know who we are. You see from the Old to the New Testament, these people who walked in in such a close place with god and who were used so mightily they knew who they were even with their faults and failures they knew who they were paul made sure everybody else knew when he wrote his letters and he wasn't trying to be a big shot he's like yeah, this is who i am i'm a bond slave yep he called me an apostle i'm sent to the gentiles you know he knew who he was jesus knew who he was May God show us who we are. Uh, but may we find that answer in no other place but in his eye. But as Rachel said, he can show you his eye in whatever place he wants to. He, it doesn't have to be in a charismatic prayer meeting. Although there's a good likelihood that you're going to get something there. <laughs> but he can show you who you are wherever he wants to, whenever he wants to. Does anybody else have anything else bubbling up out of their heart? Yes. Come on.
2: It's really not, I mean, it's important to me, but I did just want to update everybody, especially those of you who I know have been praying my dad gets out of prison in July <laughs> so okay. um, this month has been kind of a struggle because the BOP was supposed to have updated like all the inmates numbers and they got all of them wrong so like some inmates were um, their times were like moved forward some were moved back and my dad's was moved back to like May of 2024, which with all of his good time served and everything, it was not correct, but you just really don't know, I guess, if they're going to fix it or not, you know, what they're going to do. So we kind of gone back and forth throughout this whole month, and his case manager was like, well, no, yeah, like, this is not right, but, you know, if it's what they're saying, um well, needless to say, we prayed and we fasted and we actually went and visited him this past Saturday. And my and I we were late, the car wouldn't start, we had to end up taking my my sister's boyfriend's car, it was a whole thing. Um but we were running a little bit late, which I don't know if you've ever been to prison, but you don't want to be late to prison <laughs> or those visitations. They are not happy about it. Um but we we got there about five after twelve. And we had we not gotten there later, we would not have received the phone call from my older sister, saying, "Hey, oh my gosh, I just checked. I just checked the BOP website. His his release date is uh, is in July." Um, so we actually then got to go into the meeting with him and tell him of his release date. So that was really cool too. But anyways, just wanted to update you guys because I know that your your face. <laughs> Um, No, because I just know that you guys have been so constant with my family through all of it. So, anyways, yay.
0: Thank you, Caroline. We're rejoicing with those who rejoice. Did they give, do you remember a specific date? the date that they're getting married like that's a coincidence i mean i just said rejoice with those who rejoice we're rejoicing because um a man like joseph wrongly accused is being released from his prison sentence and because there's a marriage uh, a marriage supper of the lamb you know um wow Yeah, well, I've got a lot of thoughts going through my mind right now, but they center around that. I know uh, a number of you have been looking for that release from your prison. Um, Some of it is more outward circumstances. Some of it's more inward um, bondage or imprisonment. I know many of you many of us have been looking forward to the joy of that wedding um that marriage of us to our destiny that marriage of us to that place of security with jesus um, that we could have that thing that paul prayed for the full assurance i know there's a battle of our full assurance we don't live fully assured in our hearts uh, a lot of times with our relationship to Jesus. Um, but I believe our God with his own right arm is going to deliver us from our prisons, whatever they look like for each one of us. And I believe our God with his right arm is going to put the ring on our finger. (laughs) He is going to join us with him. Uh, he's going to do what we can't do for ourselves. I miss, I can't, I mean, the same day that, that, that's also the day my parents got married. The exact day, July 22nd. Father, we thank you. Period. We just thank you. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand. And in due time, you will lift us up. Lord, our hope and our number one desire is not to be lifted up to any position or place. We have desires, sure, Lord. But we just want to be lifted up into intimacy with you. Lifted up into union with you. Into the high holy place of your heart. Lord, we can't even lift ourselves in that. We, we believe it, but we need you to stoop down like you always have with planet Earth, like you you always have with us lowly humans. Reach down and pick us up and pull us into your heart. Pull us out of our own self-imposed prisons. Pull us out of our um, the lies of being an orphan, the lies of being a rejected widow, Pull us out into union, marital bliss with Jesus. Pull us out into freedom of the Holy Spirit and into being your child, Father. We thank you, God, for making that the reality. Please hasten, Lord. Come quickly to help us see it, feel it, know it. Thank you for every person here, God. I pray a blessing on every heart and on every home represented, on every family and every relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. One final thing I forgot. Uncle Tim uh, was just going to make a quick um, announcement connected to what has been discussed We're accepting tonight the uh, faith-giving estimate cards. Um, if you didn't get one, there are some in the back. There's a box in the back that you can put that in. And if by chance you're not ready to do that, we like one more week. We have one more week because the board's not going to meet until January 31st. So if you like some more time to pray about that, you're welcome to do that. If you need an additional card, they're back there, and we would encourage you to do that. This is all a part of trying to be faithful with our money and our finances before the Lord and as a ministry. So we just encourage you to take part of that. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. Thank you. And I, I just want to thank the board and want to thank Uncle Tim, chairman of the board, um, and thank all of you. God has already been showing himself faithful um, regarding dwelling uh, financially. Uh, he took us from the red just several weeks ago, into not the red we will do whatever we need to do financially to keep walking faithfully before him if we need to make adjustments we'll do that but god is using you he is using your faith and your faith exhibited through uh giving he's using you, so thank you god is on the move god is on the move he's using people uh who are not regularly attending here he's using people um and i believe uh the scripture i've years and years ago we felt like this is what god was speaking to us when we were first establishing dwelling the scripture where he says i believe in haggai he says the silver is mine and the gold is mine i will fill my house god has financial provision abundance because he wants to do some things that do require exchange. He doesn't need money to to send forth his power, but when he sends forth his power, he does use certain vehicles in the earth to carry that power out. You know, if he's going to anoint a crew from dwelling to go bring the power of Christ to Russia, He could do that through our prayers, but he might want Ken Morgan to step into Kazakhstan and say, Morgan's here. And the Russians shiver because Jesus Christ is speaking through Ken. Someone could, uh, like, say, hey, you can uh, jump in the luggage for free, but it's more likely that God would have to provide the finances for a crew of a few to fly to Kazakhstan. See, there, there is a reason we could just show up here one night and like God could send angel food cakes. He, he supernaturally an angel one time made Elijah a little cake. You're going to need this buddy for your, your long journey to Mount Moriah or wherever he went, the mountain of the Lord. Yeah. So it's like angel could a whole flock of angels could come over this parking lot and drop burgers down for us, and we could hey freely we receive freely we give. Willmore, I may God do that. It's biblical, okay. But if He gave us ten thousand dollars all of a sudden, we could buy a lot of burgers with that, and we could bless a lot of people, okay. He doesn't need the money to do his thing, but he likes to use it. So I look forward to how he's going to show himself through that. And thank you for just opening your hearts and letting him use you like that. Um, It is because we want to give to Kazakhstan, because we want to give to Jessamine County. That's what this is all about. All right. Well, you all have an awesome night, and uh, we'll see you next Saturday, if not before. All right.